Well, welcome, welcome, Northside family. My name's Nate, so glad that you are here. Would you welcome everybody in our video venue? We know this area is packed and we wanna let them feel welcome. And uh, love that you're here in this whole series of permission to speak freely because God is writing a story in every single person's life in this room and not just in this room, it's in this world. And sometimes that is hard to imagine that, you know, seven billion stories in this world and God knows every single one of them. And he is inviting every single story back into himself. As a matter of fact, that's why we're doing this series called Permission to Speak Freely because God is saying, I created you, I know you, I've gifted you, I've called you. And I want to talk with you and I want you to talk with me. I want you to talk with me right where you are. Like Corey said in that video, maybe this week's been rough. Maybe this has been one of the greatest weeks of your life. You know, for some of you Colts fan today, stay after. We will have a group prayer for you this morning as Captain Andrew Luck has surrendered his post. And, uh, you know, we have so many, so many things come up into our life. And, uh, and one thing I just want to share in this, you know, we're gathering here. We're going to learn about Jesus today. We're going to celebrate what he's done and what he's called us to. Uh, but one story I just want to share in the life of Northside. There's so many things going on behind the scenes here that we, don't, we can't celebrate everything. But something I do want to celebrate is we believe this. This is our calling from Matthew 28 is to make disciples of all nations. And to raise up people and to send out followers of him. And something that God laid on our heart is to start a school of ministry. We believe that many of you, God has called into local church ministry. And we want to create that. We want to equip you and raise you up. And on a Thursday, we started our second round of our school of ministry. And I just got a picture. We got 12 students in this. And our staff took time to pray over them. And I think it's fitting that we've got 12 students because like the 12 disciples, you know. We don't know which one will be the one to betray us, uh, but you know, but <laughs> hopefully none, uh, you know. <laughs> But we love cultivating this, that we go, God, you're doing it again. You're raising more people up. And even, even if they just stay here and they work in our community, we go, wow, we are going to have committed leaders of Jesus in our community, changing the landscape of their workplace. Uh, God put this on our heart as well. We started Thursday night, not just a, another round of school of ministry, uh, but we started another, uh, our, our first ever, we started a master's of spiritual formation program through Lincoln Christian University. And to start it, you have to have four students uh, to start. That's kind of, that was like the bare minimum. And uh, they, you can get, literally, it's a two-year accredited master's program that we started. And if you don't do that, you could get a certificate where basically you audit. So you can show up, you don't have to do any of the homework, which is really cool. And, uh, and then we were like, we're praying for four, you know. And, and can I just celebrate on Thursday night? We had 30 students show up, man. This is incredible. We even got a live shot in the class at Neil Wyndham. I didn't think they allowed cell phones in the classroom, but I guess we did here. And Marty's there. They had this whole crew on Thursday. But I love the story that God is writing in his church. That he's saying, man, if you want to go deeper, if you want to get after this, God has so many things for you. And this is why we're saying we want permission for you to speak freely. Because here's the thing. Uh, this is why we don't just celebrate that God did that on Thursday when we kicked off this. Can I let you know, you know why I'm so excited about it? Because we have been praying and we saw that day coming for 10 years. For 10 years we have been praying and longing for what happened on Thursday night. You ever been there? Man, God puts some dreams and desires in your heart and you go, God, I feel like this is of you. I feel like this is for you. And if you'd like to do it tomorrow or yesterday, we would welcome it. God, I want this. 
And for 10 years, literally in 2009, God put this on the heart of dad. He put this heart on the, on the hearts of our leadership here. We said, God, we want to be a church that raises up leaders. We want to be a church that sends out leaders. This isn't just about carrying the north side name. This is about carrying the kingdom of God's name. God, we want this. And for 10 years, nothing happened. You ever been there? Anybody there right now? You go, man, God, I have some dreams on my heart. I have some desires on our heart. God, I, I have some things. They're not just bad plans. They're godly plans. And God, it seems like you, maybe you're not listening. I'm speaking freely, but I don't know if you're busy. I don't know if you haven't checked your email. I don't know what you're doing. And what do you and I do in the midst of that season? It's not that we quit talking. But once they, I don't know about you, but sometimes I come to these places where I keep presenting my desires to God. God, this is what I long for. This is what I want. This is what I see. I think this is of you. And here's what's happening. After a while, if all my prayer becomes is, God, here's what I want and here's the desires. We need to tell them the desires of our heart. But here's the thing. After that, if I'm not doing something that we're going to look at today, actually, this is what will begin to happen in my heart. I begin to get a little bit bitter toward God. I begin to go, God, I'm wanting to build the kingdom. I'm wanting to raise leaders. Do you not want to do that? Do you not care about this world, God? And here's what's happening today. What we need to learn is there's another avenue of prayer that God has for us. When we find ourselves in between these seasons of dreams and visions and desires of our heart and when we don't have them met, there's a prayer that God has for us. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Psalm chapter 37. We're going to be there today and we're just going to look at this one verse in particular. And this one verse is going to kind of open the whole chapter for us. It's going to be up on the screen, but it's Psalm 37, verse 4. And this is the prayer that we want to learn how to pray. It's a prayer of delight. We've, the past couple of weeks, we've learned how to pray when we are disoriented. When life just hits us upside the head, when we didn't see it coming, and God goes, no, it's okay. I want you to talk to me right where you are. If you're angry, if you're mad, I want you just to just spill your heart out. And we learned that through Psalm 13. And we began to learn how do we pray for healing and how do we pray through our fears. And today we're going to pray through a prayer of delight. For some of us, maybe all you've done is you've only presented your prayers of desires. God, would you do this for me? And that's a good thing. But there's another prayer that Jesus wants you to pray to him today. And listen what it says in Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. It just simply says this. Delight yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Man, that one verse is loaded with implications for us today. And so I just want to sit here for a little minute and just, just kind of do this because he says, man, delight yourself. David says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Here's the problem that I find in my life. Sometimes my prayer life becomes only about the desires of my heart and not about the delighting in the Lord. God, give me, give me, give me, give me. Amen. Right? Then I come back and I look in my journal. God, you haven't given me this. You haven't given me this. You haven't given me this. And you know why he starts? David says, you need to start by delighting yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires. Because God has already given us more than we can ever ask or imagine. And here's what happens in our prayer life. It's not just that you can't bring your desires. Man, in a moment, bring them. That's good. God wants to hear. But what he also wants is God wants us to purely delight in him, our heavenly father. 
Now that word delight, again, we kind of go, Nate, do you just mean we have to be happy all the time? Don't you know, like the Amazon is burning right now? You know, don't you know, like the world is not perfect? Don't you know things are going on and you just want me to be happy? And, and, and there's, a, there's a part of that in this. And, and yesterday I was reminded, I'm thinking about preaching this delight sermon. And yesterday my family, we stood out on the road at Sellersburg Celebrates as the parade kind of went through our town. And uh, my soon-to-be two-year-old boy, Zeke, we don't, a lot of times we don't give him candy and because uh, he goes crazy. But, uh, but we gave him a sucker, and I got a picture of him, man, and this was sheer delight. It is delight, man. Isn't it funny, man? Like just something small can cause such great delight in our hearts. And a lot of times that's what we think about when it comes, okay, God, you want us to delight in you, but God's much more than a sucker, isn't he? I mean, you know, and God's not a sucker, all right? You know, you know you're not, not going to fool him. But that word, what I found is this, it's not just that we would be happy in God, but this word delight goes much deeper. It actually means this. I found this fascinating. It doesn't just mean be, be happy in God. It means this, that you would be bendable, that you would be moldable. Football's back. Let me give you some football language, that you would actually be coachable. You'd be coachable. That you'd allow God to speak into your life. You'd allow him to shape your life. That the desires and the dreams that you have, you would allow God actually into them and to shape them and to mold them into what he would have. I won't lie, over the last 10 years as we wanted to launch the Northside Leadership Institute, as we wanted to launch all this other stuff, I've been kind of frustrated with God because I'm like, God, we've got the vision. We got the plan. We got the space. Come on. But God and his greatness, and we know how faith works like this, right? He had Neil Wyndham lined up all along for 10 years. I had no idea his plan. I had no idea what he wanted to do. All I know is this. God was saying, Nate, will you delight in me even when you don't get the desires that you have right now? Nate, would you let me... Bend your heart. Would you let me shape your life? I found this picture. It's incredible. You know, a lot of times I, I, I don't understand how when they do recycling, uh, you know, when they go, hey, you need to recycle and they reuse the glass. I'm like, how do you recycle like applesauce jars? You know, I, I don't know. And do they really get them clean and all this other stuff? I found this picture. I thought this was fascinating. This is at a recycling plant. And here's what they do with the glass. They heat it up to where they can mold it and shape it. And the heat comes in and it changes the glass so they can reshape shape it to way, the way it needs to be shaped for the future. This is what it looks like to delight in the Lord, that we would allow God's mercy and his grace to come in and to shape our hearts and to mold us and to break down. It's not just that God is saying, I don't want you to sin. What he's saying is this, I want you to delight in me. As a matter of fact, if you want to quit sinning, start delighting in God. It's not just that you need to quit sinning. We all need, we all have stuff we need to quit doing. We all need to be quit being so judgmental. We all need to be, all these other things that go on our hearts and our life. And God's going, I don't want you just to quit sinning. I want you to start delighting in me, delighting in my grace and allowing it to transform your life. Matter of fact, we've even kind of created an impromptu class. Some of you are hungry for this. God has kind of lit a fire in your soul this coming Wednesday. Uh, I think it's or on September 4th, actually. Uh, so it's not this Wednesday. It's next. Is our four, it's the beginning of four movements of a spiritual life. And Neil Wyndham's going to teach on this. He's going to have four segments throughout the year, just three weeks at a time. 
But we're going, if you're hungry for this, if you're going, God wants, I feel, man, I want my life to be shaped. I want to let you, I want to invite you. It's on September 4th, Wednesday night, just three weeks. But God is saying, I want to shape your life. And here's why. Because praying is learning to delight in God. Did you ever know that about prayer? See, this is why prayer is so important. Because prayer shapes us to delight in God. And what, here's what happens. When we begin to delight in God, it begins to reshape our desires. Anybody ever heard this before? Maybe you're going through kind of a life situation. You, have, you need some wisdom and you share your story with somebody and somebody tells you this. Well, just follow your heart. Right? And then it like wrecks your life. And you're like, follow my fist. You know what I'm saying? You know, you want to come back and you want to meet him and go, what? You told me to follow my heart. I followed my heart. It went into a dead end, man. See, this is why we got to be careful when we start saying stuff like just follow your heart. It's not that we don't just have good dreams. I'm not saying every desire in your heart is evil. But I'm telling you this, if we don't delight in God first and we just follow every desire of our heart, it will wreck our lives. Matter of fact, for some of you here today and you're going, you're trying to get back on track because you followed your heart. See, this is why we delight in God, because God's not waiting for you to get your life back together. He's going, I just want you to delight in my grace and my mercy for you, and I will get your life back on track. See, when we begin to delight in God, it moves us forward. This is why I love this quote by theologian A.W. Tozer. Listen what he says about God, because oftentimes we have the wrong picture of God. Listen what he says about this. This is stuck with me and will stick with me for the rest of my life. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That what you and I think about when we think about God is the most important thing about us. A lot of the reason why we don't think we can delight in God is because we don't feel like God wants to give us the desires of our heart. We think, when we think about God, we just think, well, God just wants to take all my fun away. God just wants to take all my toys away. God just wants to take all my money away. I'm not going to delight in God because, man, he, he's going to take, 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 take. You know what he does want to take from your life? Your sin and your shame. There are some things he wants to take from your life. He wants to take your sin. He wants to take your shame. He wants to take your worry. He wants to take your fear. He wants to take your regret. And he wants to give you a delight in him. I think a deeper question for us today, it's not just will you delight in God today. I think something deeper underneath this that we have to ask ourselves, and I don't think you'll be able to answer it here in the next 30 minutes that we have together, but I think you might need to ask and pray over this in the next week is this. Not just will you delight in God, but I think you need to ask yourself this question. Do you believe that God actually delights in you? Like in the core of who you are, do you believe that God actually delights in you? I'm not talking about everything we've, you've done. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of us are broken. But at the core of who God is, do you believe and know from Scripture, not your thoughts and your feelings, but from Scripture, do you believe that God delights in you? See, it becomes a little bit easier to delight in God when we actually believe and know that he actually delights in us. 
This is why he tells Israel, who had messed up, they had turned their back on God in Isaiah chapter 62. He tells Isaiah, he goes, you tell them this in verse 5. He says, as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God rejoices over you. You ever seen a bride and a groom on their wedding day? They're giddy, aren't they? Right? They do the most cheesy poses, right? You're like, you're all making a sick over here, you know? Cut it out. And I love that God uses that reference and because he's saying this, God is going, I'm giddy over you. Is that how you think about God when he thinks about you? Or is your thought always, no, i got to work my way back to God, probably doesn't love me, and God wants me to build a better resume, and then once I kind of get my resume, then he's going to accept me, then he'll, God will hire me into his family. It's not what Scripture says. Jeremiah 31, verse 3, I love this. Even though Israel is now in captivity because God is a good father, he will discipline us when we go wayward from him. He'll discipline us, but to bring us back. And Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3 says this. He goes, remind him, remind him of this truth that I have loved you with an everlasting love. That I love you with an ever, I love you beyond your failures. I love you beyond your fears. I love you even when you've wrecked your life. Would you just delight in me? Because here's what happens when you begin to delight in me. Your desires change. There's a transition and a transformation inside of you that now God is saying the desires that you have, I will give you because it will be of me. Anybody ever heard of this little verse called John chapter 3 verse 16? Anybody ever heard that one? I don't know. If, you, if you're new here, let me read this for you today. But for God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's giddy over us. Is that how you think about God? See, if we don't think that God is for us, we won't be for him. This is why there's an internal work that God is wanting to do in this. This is why he's saying prayer is about him transitioning our hearts from just our desires to a delighting heart in him. That, God, we can delight in him. You might want to write this down. This is why delighting is so important because delighting in God is the secret sauce to a life of faith. You hear that said all the time. There will be a big business that will have success. And they go, well, what was their secret sauce? Right? We ask this every time we go through Chick-fil-A when we get the Chick-fil-A sauce. Right? And you better believe the Ross household collects and keeps all those extra Chick-fil-A sauces that they put in the bag. We put those bad boys in the fridge. I'm going to taste and see that the Lord is good. And yeah. Here's the deal. This is why delighting is so important because when you look at Psalm chapter 37, this is all around this verse of delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is why it's so important because all of faith comes around this idea of you and I delighting in God. Listen what it says in Psalm chapter 37 verse 1. It says, do not fret. And the Greek means don't freak out. Anybody freaking out today? Don't freak out because of evil men. Or don't be envious of those who do wrong, for like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. This is how David opens. He goes, don't freak out. Don't be envious. 
I'll be honest. And part of this, I think, this question is more about a little bit about our personality. We ask these questions all the time. Why do bad things happen to good people? You know what my heart wrestles with? God, why do good things happen to bad people? God, why does that person, why is he rich when what he's doing is so wrong? And God, here we are. We're still broke as a joke. All right? All right, come on, God. Don't fret and don't be envious. It goes down to verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Then it goes into delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And right after, verse 5. And so commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he'll do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. And right in the middle of don't fret, don't freak out, don't be envious, trust, commit, is delight. You want to learn how you trust and commit yourself to the Lord? You delight in the Lord. You want to learn how to not be envious and not freak out all the time? You delight in the Lord. You delight in what he's done for you because here's what happens with trust and commitment. If we're not careful, it will become a duty, not a delight. It'll just become a duty. Why do you go to church? Because I have to. Oh, can I go? No, nobody is enticed by that. If I don't go, God's not going to love me. Oh, can you be a greeter? You sound so awesome. See, if you want to grow in your commitment to God, if you want to grow in your trust in God, it's not just you got to trust more, you got to commit more. David says, you and I need to learn how to delight more in our Heavenly Father. We need to learn how to be grateful for the grace that He's given us. Something that I find fascinating as you read through Psalm 37 is this, that delighting, what you're going to find is this, delighting is way more about inheriting than it is earning God's favor. Now that's countercultural to our world, isn't it? It is good to work hard. The Bible talks about you and I need to work hard. We can't just sit here and think everybody owes us everything. That's work. But when it comes to grace, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to salvation, we inherit this grace. We don't earn this grace from Jesus. It is given. Delighting is about inheriting this. Listen to what it says in verse 9. It says, for evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Don't freak out. God's going, I got you. Verse 11, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. Jesus uses this verse in Matthew chapter 5 when he says the meek will inherit the earth. Meek doesn't mean weak at all. Meek means this, those who are bendable, moldable, coachable, those who are willing to be under the authority of Jesus, those who go, God, my delight is in you more than anything else in this world. He's going, good, because you're going to inherit all that I have for you. You're going to inherit all that I have for you. Listen to what it says over in verse 23. It says, if the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps Firm, though he stumble, you and I are going to stumble. We're not going to be perfect. Though he stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. See what happens when you and I delight in him? 
Doesn't mean that you and I are going to be perfect. But God says this, when you delight in me more than any other desire, when I become your greatest desire, when you delight in me, I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to hold you together. Verse 34, wait for the Lord, keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off. You're going to see it. Verse 37, I love this. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace. There's a future for you and I when we delight in God first. There's a future. God's going, I, I've got plans for you to step into. But I need you to step into delighting in me more than anything else in your life. See, this is the challenge and the beauty. Because a lot of times we don't know how to delight in God, do we? A lot of times, my, my, my whole prayer life was, God, would you just do this? Would you do this for me? Would you do this? Nothing wrong with bringing our request to the Lord. But man, if all I did was bring my request and not delight in the grace and mercy of God, my heart will grow cold. So how do we grow in this delighting? You might want to write this down. Here's one of the disciplines that you and I need to begin to adapt if we're going to delight and we're going to pray a prayer of delight is this. We need to delight daily. You and I, we need to begin to delight daily. Uh, there's, a, there's a prayer discipline out there called breath prayers. And, and this is what it simply is. A breath prayer is this. I don't know. I, I said this this prayer this morning. I don't know if you said it when you woke up and you walked outside. But this cool weather that's coming, fall is my favorite season. I walked out. I'm walking down the parking lot this morning. Beautiful sun, cool, crisp morning. And all I could think was this. Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Today's the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Just a quick breath. God, thank you for this day. Tonight, my, my family, this is kind of the yearly tradition. We always go to the Kentucky State Fair. And for like the last five years, me and my little girl Lily on the Ferris wheel, we always take a picture with the sunset in the back. Man, I'm going to delight in that moment. When I'm there on the Ferris wheel, I'm going to go, God. Thank you. I get a ride on this Ferris wheel with my family. I'm just going to begin to start delighting daily. This is why Paul says pray without ceasing. What he's saying isn't this, that you're walking down the, you know, by your cubicle at work. Hey, you know, Fred, can you? Not now I'm praying, you know. <laughs> now you might want to use that excuse with Fred, right? You know what I'm saying? But pray without ceasing means this. When you're going to walk into a tough meeting, God, would you calm my fears and my nerves? Holy Spirit, would you keep me calm right now? God, would you help me right now? Just breath prayers. This week, I got to go study by one of the greatest pastors in America. His name's Chris Hodges down in Alabama. And uh, I love to go learn from pastors who are way better than me, way further down the line. And it's down in Alabama, and I'm a cheapskate, so I got on Expedia, and for $50 a day, you could rent a truck. And I'm like, I'm in Alabama, I better have a truck. You know, roll, roll tide, you know, down there. And of course, you know, I'm waiting for the truck that I'm going to rent. You're going to have to like, you know, for $50, you know, and there's like not even going to be a CD player in there. I know it's going to be stock. Well, I had to change my flight because they invited us to a special worship before and changed my flight. The only thing is, is I forgot to change my car reservation. And so I show up seven hours early, right? And they just look at me like, you know, who are you, right? You think you're just going to walk in seven hours early? And the lady goes, I don't have your truck ready. She said, but there's a truck over there that somebody just dropped off. She said, we haven't cleaned it, but you're welcome to it if you want a dirty truck. 
And, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. And I turned, and this was the truck that they pointed to. Yes! Yes! It got a Hemi. Oh! I said, well, I mean, it's dirty. But I'll take it. I got it. This is the new Dodge Ram Limited. I didn't know how to start it. It's got a computer in here. Felt like I'm flying the Millennium Falcon. I mean, look at all the knobs. Seriously, I sat there. The lady's like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, yeah, just making sure. I couldn't figure out how to start it. My, my car still has a key. There's push button, turn knobs. I, just, I didn't know. Delight yourself in the Lord. I did, man. I just sat there. I drove it. God, thank you for this truck. I didn't. I didn't buy it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it. But man, when I'm driving in that truck, <laughs> thank you, God. Man, delight daily. Delight daily. I'm serious. You want to increase your prayer life? Delight daily. Man, God, thank you. You might not have a brand new, I, you know, I had to give it back. I didn't get to keep it, right? Man, God, thanks. Wow. Maybe today at lunch, look around the table. God, thanks for who's around my table. Maybe today at lunch, you'll be by yourself. God, thank you that you've given me food. You're going to wake up tomorrow, you're going to go to a job. God, thank you. I might not enjoy my boss. I might not enjoy all this stuff. Thank you for the provision that you get. See what this delighting in the Lord does to us? Man, it makes us, man, it makes it moldable. Man, this is God. You have gifted us. You have gifted us. You have gifted us. It's beautiful. Here's the thing. It's not just that we would delight daily. Here's the other thing. We need to learn how to delight for long periods of time with God. It's good to delight in these moments. This is why a lot of times when we walk out of here, we go, man, my heart is refreshed because we've delighted in the Lord in this room. But here's the thing. You and I need to grow in our discipline of not just delighting daily, but carving time out where we delight for long periods of time with God. This is what I mean. Uh, one of my favorite places to go do this is up in the Henryville Forestry. For some of you guys, it's up in a deer stand. Maybe for some of you, it's somewhere else. There's a pavilion, uh, and it's on the way to the fire tower at the Henryville Forestry. There's a fireplace in there. It's awesome. And you literally can see all the way to downtown Louisville. And I do this about once a month. And this is what I do. If you read the Psalms very much, you'll see this word that will show up in there, and it's called Selah. And what happens is when you read a psalm, one of the psalm writers is like, I just dropped a truth bomb on you, and you need to stop and take it. You need to go on and marinate on that for a bit. You need to take that into your soul. You need to begin to process that. You don't just need to go, mm-hmm, Lord, I agree. Next chapter. We need to begin to go, God, whoa. 
When I go up to the Henryville Forestry, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take my Bible, I'll take my journal, and I did this just a few weeks ago. One of my spiritual directors helped me this, and he goes, Nate, just in the life of Northside, it's been a heavy season. There's a lot that's been going on. He says, you need to go up there. He goes, you need to read some Psalms, and then you need to start going, God, I need a Selah with you and me right now. God, what do you want to say to me right now? And you just begin to reflect and talk with God. God, where do you want to work in my life right now? Ask the Holy Spirit. Just begin to delight in him. God, what do you want to say to me right now? I read this statistic. Uh, it came from uh, Constant Contact. There's a new statistic, and this is what it says. 80% of people do this now when they first wake up. Can anybody guess what it is? Check your phone. 80% of us now. First thing we do, boom. Instagram's telling you something. Facebook's telling you. Twitter's telling you. Your email's telling you. And immediately sets us off, doesn't it? turns our affections, turns our emotions, begins to speak into us. This is why we need to have these times. You know what, for you, for, for prayer and fasting, you might not need to fast from food right now. You might need to fast from technology. <laughs> because you're going, that's what your heart really needs. And what happens is this, when we begin to spend this time where there's long times, this is what happened. I began just to write, God, where are you and I? Am I delighting in you? Then I began to write down Ruthie's name, my wife. God, what does it look like to delight in you in our marriage right now? What do we need in our marriage right now? Wrote my kids' names down. God, what does it look like to delight in you as I raise my kids right now? Began to write other family and friends' names down. My life group's names down. Began to write the staff's name down. God, what does it look like to delight in you as a staff right now? Began to write our name down as a church. God, what does it look like to delight in you right now in this season as your church? And, and can I tell you, man, when I began to delight in God in that moment there, my desires begin to change. My affections for my family began to change. If you're tired, God's not asking you to go, well, just keep trying harder. You know what God's telling you to do right now? If you're tired, especially if you're tired, come delight in me right now. Come delight in me. I don't need you to try harder. I need you to delight more. That might mean you might need to go get a latte this afternoon, if that's what it means to the glory of God, right? You know, and go rent a Dodge Ram. I don't know what, it, I don't know what you need. You need to recapture delight in God in your life. And this is what I found. That the more we delight in God, the more we desire God. The more we delight in God, the more we're going to desire him. See, I get that backwards. God, I want to desire you, and if I desire you and I get there, then I'm going to start delighting. God goes, that's not the way I organized it. See, this is what it means for you to become a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus yet, it all begins with you delighting in what Jesus has done for us. This is why the cross is such a big deal. This is why grace is such a big deal. Matter of fact, our volunteers are going to go back. They're going to get ready to serve communion, the bread and the juice. And we do this, when we do this time together, what we do is we proclaim, no, God, we are delighting in you. More than any other desire in our life, 
Father, greater than our career, greater than any accolades, greater than anything else in this world is, Father, we are delighting in you. And so here's what I want to do. I want to create a little bit of moment of delight for you. Because sometimes we don't know how to step into it. And so what we've done is this. We've selected some passages just to stir your heart on God's goodness. And what we're going to do is we just want you to delight in these words, to find delight, to find rest in God today. No matter where you are, go, God, I need to delight in you. Again, it doesn't mean just to be happy. It means that you and I would let God mold us, let him shape us so that we would look more like him. And so after a few of these verses come up, there's going to be a few questions and then we're going to celebrate with the bread and the juice and declare that the one who's come to save us isn't just here to save us, but he came because he delights in us. Let God delight in you right now.